You are listening to a special edition episode of Bruce Springsteen Sings the Alphabet. We are talking to patron Heil Rutledge, or Heil, he ain't single file. Hey everybody, welcome to Bruce Springsteen Sings the Alphabet, or thanks for listening. I'm... I don't want people to say welcome to a podcast because it's not a place. But uh, sorry, already derailed. I'm JB Clark. I'm joined as always by Rob Carmack, and today we also have special guests with us. We have Hal Rutledge. How are y'all doing? Doing great. It's nice to get to talk to you, Rob and JB. Well, thanks so much for being with us, Hal. You bet. I have um, been a a listener for more than a couple of years, and uh, ever since I found you all, I've uh, recommended you to a number of uh, people. I find myself looking forward to um, to the the shows and it's helped me appreciate this thing I love and even dig deeper into this catalog. So I, I really appreciate the fact that you've provided uh, this platform for me and people like us. So thank you very much, fellas. Well, man, it's kind of you to listen for like sticking with us for, for all of the songs because there were a lot and there were a lot of songs. I think that there were at least several people who were like, that's not a real song. Y'all are making this up. We're just trying to stretch this out. <laughs> There's no way Lion's Den is a real song. Yeah, it's a, it's a good song. It's even a good song. There were very few songs. that There were a few songs I hadn't heard of. I mean, really, I could count them on one hand. And, but there were very few songs that I actively disliked. I mean, even the ones, even Springsteen's misses are, are, are really better than most people's best effort. And, uh, and so it... Um, it really is is uh, was a, um, amazing, and to take the time to really unpack each one, um, especially outside of the context of the album, because within the album it has a whole different meaning. Yeah. It really let each one stand on its own. It was a, such a clever idea. Anyway, I, I really enjoy having been a part of it only as a listener. So can, can I? Great. I'm going off, I'm going off script a little bit, but having heard you say that now, I'm a little bit curious. What was an episode that we did where you thought JB and Rob totally missed this? Like we like that you were like, mm, they, they, oh. they liked a song that I didn't like or vice versa. Well, well, okay. So there, there were a, a few actually that I, so one, I really, really like you guys and think you're so smart and insightful. And I think you totally botched it a few times. You don't have to butter our <laughs> bread at all. You're right. We, we botched uh, probably many things. That was great. <laughs> that was fantastic. Uh, no, but, but, uh, so some of the things I, I do think, um, I, it's, um, it's odd how much you both dislike 57 channels. Uh, <laughs> when, yeah. Yeah. We don't uh, like this. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure what the two of you are working off there and, and trying to process through with, uh, through 57 channels. But the, uh, but actually that, that I thought was, uh, was a, a good, um, uh, was a good song that I thought didn't, didn't quite get it. Uh, it, it there were a couple of, um, of ones that, uh, I thought were more, um, uh, moment, like one of my, favorite songs is stolen car and um and off the river and um and and that was it, and y'all liked it but but it it didn't you put it in the uh, hall of fame didn't really stolen car was yeah didn't we jb uh, i gave it a five didn't you give it a five let's right. check the record uh, we i i'm almost positive stolen car is in our hall of fame i'm going uh, i'm going to the website we're gonna we're gonna because if we didn't put that I'm in the hall of fame that i'm i'm throwing that r- directly on jb's front yard like that's ridiculous. Uh, no. But so so that one was one that it's like I that yeah I guess Stone Car Five yeah it's a, it's okay. in the Hall of Fame okay uh, the uh, 
that that was the one that I that I, I thought uh, was I, I I was it was more resonant with me than I than I thought that it, it should have been. Also, the one of the ones that's high up on my list that um, uh, that didn't seem to have uh, gotten as much um, play was uh, Black Cowboys was one uh, that that's early on in the show, but that uh, the song off of. Um, is that uh, Devils and Dust? Uh, Devils and Dust. That is, uh, I think, uh, was particularly good. That was. Uh, um, so there are a couple that I that I thought just missed it. There, there's some uh, big time classics that I also think that, and this isn't anything to do with you, but that uh, I just am out of step with some of the, with some of Bruce Springsteen fandom that uh, that, that I think were uh, too high. Like it's a blasphemy, but I think Jungle Land is is way overrated. Um, and yeah, the, uh, you've got Jungle Land and Born in the USA uh, pretty low on your list. <laughs> and, and so, so the um, so so there were some things that it's like, oh wow, I disagree with that. And and um, and, the, and some of them, uh, and so some of the things that I think we're going to talk about uh, uh, tonight are, um, uh, are are going to be um, are, are just have less to do with oh you missed it and more that. To me, these songs are, are pretty special, and here's what I like about them. Uh, yeah. But I, you are so much better at this than I would be because you're so much more discerning. I mean, when I look at my my list, I get down past 50 uh, on my top list before I would give anything a four. And so I, um, as, so I would not be that useful to the listener uh, because most of mine are, are going to be fives and fours. So the um, – right. uh, yeah, but anyway, that's um, – uh, so let's um let's jump in. I right. I have hey, friends I, I have I friends gotta, who have have sorry. told me that they're surprised that we ever give anything uh, anything other than a five. I think they just assume since we do this podcast that we're just gonna gush over <laughs> literally every song. Like, and then I At tell the end, them we're just like, and as always, it's a five. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, <laughs> this is our three hundred sixty eighth entry into the Hall of Fame. Um, yeah, and then people are surprised when I have to tell them about a night with the Jersey Devil, and I'm like, look, uh, they're, yeah. they're not all they're not all pieces of gold. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, one thing that you all have um, and, and one thing I really appreciate about the two of you, especially being younger. So I'm 52. Uh, and so the uh, and I've been a Springsteen fan since I was 17. And so the uh, uh, but you're you're being considerably younger than I. I love uh, the uh, another generation's view of this. And I am now so sensitive to the baby slash little girl um uh, so kind of song stems and references in the um, uh, in the in the music, and now I can't listen to it without uh, uh, you know being disappointed and being distracted. Sometimes, sometimes feeling downright dirty. I mean, Darlington County and some of those. So how did I ever listen to this stuff without <laughs> without that uh, emerging as an issue? And his um, credit, he has not written that. He doesn't continue to write that, and hasn't in the last. 20 years or so. And so he has gotten clearly the message, a message, his music has evolved. But one of the things that um, on the other side of, yeah, y'all totally missed that one is I have been missing some of this and I really appreciate the, um, the stretched paradigm. Oh, cool. Well, that's, thank you. That's, that's very cool. You brought up 57 channels. Uh, and I got to say, I didn't rate it high, but I need you to know that I think about that song all the time <laughs> like that baseline is that baseline is always running through my head <laughs> and it, as in you don't like it or 
No, I can't stop thinking about that baseline. I think it's a great baseline. I want. I, I think about how badly I want to write music that sounds like that baseline. I just, <laughs> and I even sort of explain things to. I find myself like reading long explanations in that cadence. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> well, I think I think when we talked I, about it, I just don't really like this. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was I was gonna say I, I think I think JB and I were about to say basically the same thing, which is I think when we talked about it, our problem with it wasn't the musicality of it; it was sort of the. Um, how how Bruce was trying to convey what he was trying to convey that it was the idea of like he's talking about a life of excess but he's using his cable package as an example and so I think we were just sort of saying right, like right. and maybe in Kyle you mentioned sort of the generational thing like like the 57 channels does not sound like a, like to me this is like 57 streaming services and nothing nothing to binge you know what I mean like that that's what it so we we sort of live at a different time where where maybe that metaphor isn't as useful as it once was and that's totally true. When when I imprinted on that song or the other way around, uh, we had just gotten uh, cable. And, and when you had uh, four or five dozen channels, I mean, that that was infinity. I mean, it might yeah. as well have been. Uh, and now just just 10, 20 years later, everything is blown up and it's a totally different world. And I get that at the time, the metaphor had more punch than it does now. For sure. But um but the but if Springsteen writes that line of I am totally lacking in substance uh, the uh, and I that I I'm falling short of what I should be and what I should be accomplishing and that uh, I have all this promise and I'm not delivering I mean that's he's hit that theme a number of times that was just one of the ways in which he did it and that's uh and and so I I liked it but it is a very generationally specific metaphor. I think I certainly thought about it the other day. Uh, I had done everything I was supposed to do that day, but I hadn't really done anything that inspired me at all. And I sat down on the couch that night and April was taking care of the kids because I, I, she had been out of town at them all week. And uh, she was like, what are you about to do? And I said, I don't know. I don't really want to do anything. She goes, you want to read a comic book? No. You want to read your book book? No. You want to watch a movie or play a video game? Not really. You want to go to bed? I'm not really tired yet. And I was just, I was like, oh, 57 channels and nothing on. <laughs> yeah, which that that is a useful phrase. Like even even now, like it it almost like you can say that, and people will generally know exactly what you mean. Like that. So he did sort of create that that in the zeitgeist. And we, I think we mentioned in the episode also that that phrase shows up in an epi- in in an early issue of the Walking Dead comic book. So like it's it it yeah. it did penetrate sort of the zeitgeist. I about um, that. Yeah, I know. Um, so so it, he did even even though the metaphor itself hasn't necessarily held held up. I think it was a useful way, Hyle, like you were saying, of of sort of talking about like what is it like to have everything at your fingertips, but to feel like nothing of substance is like within reach. Yeah, yeah. I, I it was um it, it was and even mine. It's not. I mean, it's it's way past a, a hundred. I mean, so but that's not because I don't like it. It's every, uh, just so many other things get pushed up a- ahead of it. It, um, it, it, it became fun after a while to see, uh, how many times you would reference it, um, uh, uh, negatively. So the, uh, <laughs> I, um, uh, so it was, I mean, it's not as bad as the, um, I, I've, I've repressed it, but what the uh, devil and the, the night Jersey, Jersey devil. Oh, yeah. the night with Jersey uh, devil. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's the, uh, so it, it's not on that level, but anyway, <laughs> we did really make it like a whipping, po- like post for, yeah, yeah, it was, 
A Night with the Jersey Devil, yeah, it became sort of the scapegoat for all bad Bruce Springsteen songs. Like any anything yeah, that yeah. Bruce did wrong, we would just pile it on top of Night with the Jersey Devil and send it out of the village and throw it off of a cliff or whatever. Um, that's a <laughs> yeah. that's a Leviticus reference in the middle of our, <laughs> our discussion. Um, or we'd just or we'd be like, uh, I don't like it. I mean, it's not fifty seven channels, but <laughs> right. Well, and I mean. Yeah. Kyle, you, you might you might be comforted to know you are not the lone supporter of that song. We we have for the because that that episode was like our third or fourth episode of the entire series. So for the last almost four years straight, we've gotten continuously we have gotten messages from email people who just found the podcast and like we have I have some thoughts about fifty seven channels. Like we we have been taken to the woodshed on that song probably more than any other because that's where people start listening and they're like no you will not besperch the good name of fifty seven channels and nothing on. I am sending an email. And uh, we, we, we have heard from the masses. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's and, and another uh, thing that there's a, there's clearly a, a musical sensibility that formed uh, post early 90s that um, that just looks back on late 80s and early 90s uh, synth drum machine kind of uh, sound and, and recording practices that um, that most modern ears, especially younger ears, don't like. They look back in disdain, if not disgust. Yeah. And the um and so from from Tunnel of Love through uh, Lucky Town and and not Lucky Town as much as like Human Touch and that um that so much of that is just swept up, swallowed up in that and and discounted at least musically. And there's the, uh, a lot in there. And I totally get that. I understand that. It's just that my ear, I don't dislike that. I mean, that is, it's certainly all of a kind, but it, um, but I think some of his, some great work and is in there. I think Tunnel of Love is one of the best albums he ever did. In fact, as an album, I think Tunnel of Love should, should be required listening before anyone gets married. And so if you <laughs> want to get married, that's fine, but sit down and let's talk about this album first. The, um, and that's the, uh, but I, I, that, um, and so there was, there's a lot of energy, not just with you guys, but about a lot of people, about the his uh, kind of sonic uh, work from the late '80s to the early '90s, and um, and and a lot of that energy against it, it I just don't share. I, I mean, I don't uh, dislike that sound necessarily. Well, and I, I think you're, you're not wrong. I mean, I think Tunnel of Love almost better than almost any of his other albums. Eight like ages particularly well. Like the further removed from the time when you first hear it. I feel like it, it stays with you in ways that are um, surprising. You know, like the older I get, the more I appreciate that album. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, he, he does, for the most part, I think he his his music ages so well. It's funny, one of the, uh, the some of the albums that, that don't, for me anyway, age to, to my ears, that the, the earlier albums, Wild and Innocent and Greetings, are... He's just he's evolved so much as a writer. It's it's interesting to listen to those albums like it's interesting to go to a history museum and see stuff that used to be. And oh, yeah. isn't that nice? But it's about I, I don't actually enjoy the songs necessarily. I mean, I wouldn't pop in greetings just to listen to it. But the um, uh, but but for the most part, his his stuff ages well and much better. I mean, most artists just don't don't do that. They're they're kind of of a specific time and and outside of that bubble their music doesn't work and yeah. so he's kind of unique in that that's not the case he really is and, and and maybe it's because he's so in tune with sort of his own development as a person and he tends to write from 
his own stage of life and he's not trying like every there's a version there's a there's an alternate timeline in which bruce springsteen for the rest of his life tries to make new versions of born to run you know what i mean and 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 he becomes sort of like a has like sort of like i mean i don't want to throw anybody else under the bus but sort of like a eagles meets um john cougar mellencamp kind of thing where you know what i mean where it just sort of like it's it's fine it's not bad music jimmy buffett but the same uh uh, but but yeah, the the same kind of uh, where that's those are my greatest hits, and let me uh, just put a, a 2019 veneer on the same thing. Yeah, and so and that's yeah he he has has never done that even when the the moves he made did not seem particularly uh, wise from a marketplace perspective at the time, and um and so I I think he's a uh, uh, that again is is kind of his artistic courage. Absolutely. Art, artistic courage is, sure. I, I think those are the two words that are going to be like etched on his tombstone. Like he, he, he continuously, I mean, like exactly what you're just saying. Like he made born in the USA, which was like one of the juggernaut albums of all time. And then he follows it up with talent of love. I can imagine there was any number of record executives being like somewhere in a room somewhere there, somebody had a meeting where they said, can anybody talk Bruce out of doing this? Can we, can we just ask him for another born in the USA? Will he do that? You know what I mean? Um, and instead, yeah. he makes a completely different it? album. Say what? Yeah. No, no. I mean, what? You're, you you fired your band and you're going to Nashville and and uh, so what? What are you doing? No, don't yeah. uh, don't do that. And so the um yeah so and he, and he's done that many uh, a number of times. I mean, with the Ghost of Tom Jones, Nebraska. I yeah. mean, there's no album that encapsulates that courage more than Nebraska. Oh, absolutely, uh, absolutely right. Um, so, um, well, so do you want to uh, get to the list or what do you want? Uh, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, now, now I'm excited about it. Uh, do you want to, well, first, do you want to tell us kind of how you, you said you started listening to Bruce when you were 16? Well, so 17, I was 17 years old and he had, um, uh, just, uh, released, uh, born in the USA. And, uh, but a, a friend of mine that was, um, really into Springsteen said, no, you shouldn't. You shouldn't listen to Born in the USA. Your entry point should be Born to Run. So while oh, Born nice. in the USA had just been released, I got Born to Run, and totally fell in love with it. I mean, I became kind of obsessed uh, with it. That's a good. Friend. And then, um, yeah, immediately afterwards, got got Born in the USA. So they were uh, kind of connected in my mind in time, just because I got them in the same year. Um, and that was as I was starting my senior year in high school and my wife, who I am still married to, but we went to high school together and middle school together and whatever. Our, our first date was actually homecoming our senior year. Oh, wow. But, oh, uh, wow. She's a she's a big Springsteen fan, too. And, and so we um, so in common and I went back and got all the other albums at that time. That wasn't that many. Um, and um uh, and and so really immersed myself, and ever since then, uh, ever since um, uh, uh, Live uh, came out uh, in in 1986, I guess that was it. Um, uh, the I've I've gotten every album he's done on the day of release, um, and so uh, uh, just because I it was always an event, and I would sit down and clear the decks and uh, get the lyrics out and just kind of <laughs> sit and soak it in. And the um, and so that's been the case uh, uh, now for um, a long time. And the um, uh, and so and live, I've seen him live. I was trying to count; it's eleven or twelve times. So I mean, a number of times. Um, 
And uh, love it, of course. He's, he's been great every time. I've take, I have two sons, uh, both now in college. I've taken them each to see him. Um, and uh, and they're, they're fans. Uh, uh, passive. I mean, they're not freaks like I am, but, I, but they, they really <laughs> like him. Uh, my older son was born to Born to Run. I, I uh, Intentionally, I mean, we took the CD in. And, and when the last push was coming, the doctor said, this one's going to be it. And so we pop born to run on so he was born to born to run i assume that's um, your wife incredible. signed off on that beforehand and that wasn't just like oh, you like <laughs> like making a solo decision no, yeah no she insisted that was that was her I, I was in charge of the cd player but that was her decision uh, uh, the, uh absolutely and that's her favorite song oh wow um, not only his but just favorite song um my dad's and, always playing Van Halen's jump in situations like that and, and not after getting permission, but before. <laughs> well, well that, that would be, I mean, so being, being born to jump would not be bad. It would certainly set a tone. Yeah. Uh, what? <laughs> it's just always like, is this a somber moment? All right, let's put jump on. Yeah. And there, that's probably the most appropriate Van Halen song. I mean, uh, a pop for teacher or, or, um, you know, running with the devil might not be. <laughs> Right, <laughs> it might not be the best birth song, but the uh, but jump wouldn't be bad. Yeah, it's got it's got an anticipatory as well. birth yeah. feel to it. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny because as much as I really enjoy Springsteen uh, live, I mean, and I I love the shows. I'll, I'll see him every chance I can get. But um, the first time and a number of times that I've seen him, it, it, there's a, a degree of disappointment just because I am. Springsteen to me is is uh, is a real personal thing, and and for for a couple of years I was immersed in his uh, in his music and and had this personal relationship with him through his work. And the first time I saw him live, I was in a big stadium, and you know one of I don't know whatever fifteen thousand or however many people were there, and the um and and was like, wait a minute, why are all these people here? I mean, I I I thought. Springsteen and I were going to hang and go over some of <laughs> go over some of his songs. I, um, and so it was rather than feeling in, engaged by the community, while it was nice, it was um it was like, hey, you guys are hustling in on my time with with you know Springsteen here, and the um and so it uh, the music is so personal. One of my favorite shows was actually the Devils and Dust tour when yes. he um, when he actually wouldn't let people come in and sit down between songs and uh he was playing in smaller venues and uh it was just him it was very quiet and it was sit down and listen I, i'm trying to communicate some stuff to you and that was that and a lot of people actually that i know of didn't like that because it was so anti born to run badlands whatever you know the typical kind of uh bombast and the um and so I um but I actually I found it really unique and personal. I liked it. I yeah, I, I recently it was nice. I recently listened to a recording from one of those shows, and he like very like I think after the first or second song, he says, uh, "Listen, we're gonna try and keep things uh, quiet and intimate." And so if the person next to you is talking, just lean over and tell them to shut the f up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't remember saying that, but that's that is certainly the tone that he he set when I saw him on that tour. And in fact, they even stopped selling alcohol at, when the show started. So I mean, before the show started, you could buy a beer or whatever, but they they didn't because that's a, it just 
the, the loud drink as much as you can and keep on going and all that is it's fine, I guess, in places and times, but it was just not the mood he was trying to set. Yeah. And so again, that cost him, I mean, that was an artistic choice that, um, that, uh, I, I appreciate his making. Um, yeah. Artistic courage. I, I was about to say, yeah, it takes us all the way back to that. Well, let's hit the, let's hit the top 10 list. Oh, yeah, let's right. do the list. All right. I like your list. Your list is 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 very interesting, um, and it, I don't agree with it necessarily. But I don't <laughs> I see your. I see, but I don't disagree is what I'm saying. like. I see your. You know what I'm saying? Like I, my list looks different, but I I totally. I, your list is as valid as anybody's list I've ever seen. Does that make sense? Like I don't I don't disagree. Uh, I don't have any bones to pick. I guess it's cool. It's a cool list. I guess I have not seen the list, so I'm I'm going into this blind. I'll be I'll be reacting in real time. Also, props for putting Candy's room so high on your top house in us is top 160 and it's great and wow. uh but we're just gonna go through the 10 right now but i love that candy's room is is, is 22 that that makes me oh, very that's happy. great that's a that's a that's a solid yeah, rating for that song so my my number 10 is um um is my my city of ruins off of uh, the rising great song and um yeah and i um i i just uh that that whole album the rising is was so important important not just to me i think to to all of us to us as a nation if not us as a world that the i i think this album offered us the the leadership that we so needed and and actually didn't get yeah. from our our national leaders at the time who were instead rushing us off to war uh but it, that the the rising the whole album and then especially with this as a closing was a was a call to empathy uh, and and yes, there was rage, but but let's mix it with with sorrow and and grief. Uh, that there was there was healing and a call to community. And then all, after all of that, it ended with this, which was and my city of ruins is a song about resurrection. Yes, it is. Um, and so beyond, you know, I I don't I can't imagine that somebody who is not Catholic could have written this song. Um, and so the um. Because it's a, the the idea is is yes we've gone through this we've gone through these stages of grief we come together and then it's a call to action and community to resurrect um, to build to connect to pray to use your hands to do something to focus on the people and the community on the world around you and I can't listen to it without getting chills and um, so it's inspiring. At, um, but also, it's a call to get off your ass and do something. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. and, and it, uh, I love that song. One of the great all-time uh, final tracks off of any album ever. Yeah, I, I just, I, it, um, it, it slays me. And right after nine eleven, they, they had a like a few days after they had this TV telethon kind of stars coming and to raise money thing live on TV. And, um, and he was on there singing this song with, uh, the E street band. And there wasn't a band, there was a choir behind him and, and it was, um, and it opened the show and it was, uh, that's the first time I ever heard it. And it was, um, it was amazing. Um, but anyway, so that, that's, that's my number 10. And so here, this, so this one, I think most people challenge me these days, uh, but um, but the number nine is Western Stars. I was so excited to see this. That is fascinating. You put Western, yeah. That's so quickly a song could just jump to the top. Well, I, I'm so pumped about hearing why. Uh, well, I can't I can't wait and, until y'all take it on. Um, uh, the uh, 
I, 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 what I like the whole album, but this song is, it's unbelievable to me that 45 plus almost 50 years into Springsteen's writing career that he produced this song and, and that proves that his writing has never been better, never been sharper or more clever. So this song is so of the moment. I mean, it is so about our lives and our world and our political scene, cultural scene right here in 2019. Yet he's written this timeless Western uh, song set in these huge sweeping Western vistas that could be any John Ford movie. Um, uh, and the, um, and um, and so the um, I mean so I, I mean I I won't go too much into it, but the, but the whole song, the first few um, uh, verses and stanzas are, are are just about um, old, decrepit, worn down artifice. Um, that uh, about uh, this this guy, he's washed up. He's he's a Western guy, but he's he's really just a he's in commercials and movies, a, a beast uh, actor that that um, is having to take drugs to just kind of get up and go through the motions of life, um, and the um, and it's just the, so the artifice in this song is um, is then juxtaposed and and so the, just just the, that second verse is is so powerful just to show the, his writing ability here the. Um, it, it's he says here in the canyons uh, above sunset the desert don't give up the fight a coyote with someone's chihuahua in its teeth skitters across my veranda in the night mm. some lost sheep from oklahoma sips her mojito down at the whiskey bar smiles and says she thinks she remembers me from that commercial with a credit card and so in how many lines uh, uh, four lines he's talking about um here we are in this place where we shouldn't be, don't belong. And a coyote is is eating somebody's pet, uh, and the somebody from Oklahoma is is here sipping a mojito at a whiskey bar. I mean, if you're at a whiskey bar, don't drink a mojito. I mean, so they're <laughs> they're just imposing our our will in this place that uh, it's just artifice everywhere. Um, and she remembers me, but not because I'm a, I'm a Western star. I mean, not because I'm a rodeo guy, but because I was in this commercial, yeah. uh, a credit card. commercial. And so, and then after all of that, he comes in with a line that just punches you in the gut and blows you away that he goes on the weekend down to this place out in the desert where these charros, where these kind of Mexicans, uh, come across and they still ro ride and rope. And the line says, our American brothers cross the wire and bring the old ways with them. Tonight, the Western stars are shining bright again. That here these folks from the South are coming up. They are holding on to what we hold dear as American culture. They are protecting it and keeping it going while we're just decrepit, old, and, and letting, and we're, we're surrounding ourselves with fake artifice. Uh, and it is, um, and then he goes back to, uh, to to close out. It is inspirational and brutally subversive and provocative. I love this song. That's a great read. It really is. I, I song. I'm excited to talk about this song too because, like like you said, we haven't we haven't touched this album yet, and so really this is the first time we're officially even having a conversation about it. And everything you said is true. Like the, the it's and the double entendre, like you talked about, like the uh, of Western stars being like about celestial beings but also being about like how this person identifies himself even though it's not necessarily how 
uh, other people see him. And so it's, it, it is, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot of richness on the page with this song. And like you said, like his, his writing has never been sharper. Yeah. I just, the whole album, the album has some real standouts uh, to me, but that one just jumped off and it, 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 it gives me chills and it's great to play it loudly and let those strings just paint the, the picture of that Western landscape. Uh, you can just see these uh, cowboys out riding the range. It's, it's, it's wonderful. I assume you saw the film. I haven't. It, it played here for only about a week and went away. So I, I, I am looking for it to, I've already bought the uh, disc and so they'll send it to me. So I, I'll hope to see it soon, okay. but I am, uh, but I have not, I, I heard it was great. I heard from you. It was great. I was going to say, yeah, the film, like I enjoyed the album pretty much instantly. Like after, after my first week of just sitting with it, like I, I, I really appreciated what it was, but then seeing the movie, really elevated my entire experience of the whole thing well i can't, I, can't wait to see the movie either I, I was in on it on my second listen my first listen i was like what? second listen fully in so i think the movie's gonna just make like just wrap at this record well and it's, it's an album that, that gets better with more listens too like it it, it appreciates not sure. on a tunnel of love it it appreciates the more time you spend with it yeah i i think it's uh, i mean I, well i think that's true i don't know that there are many people that are going to come to springsteen through this album, um, probably not. Uh, no. But but if um, uh, but again, that's artistic courage. I'm not sure that he, uh, I mean that he cares. I don't think that's why he's making his music anymore. But um, but that said, I don't think his music um has ever been better, tighter, or more clever than this album. Um, yeah, I, th- I think that's right. Well, and maybe maybe the film was was sort of his way of like trying to make it easier for people to find him through this or with this album but at the same time like not unlike devils and dust or ghost of tom joe this is like like you said like artistic courage seems to be the theme of the conversation here but like his his intent here it's not like he's like man i really need to sell more albums so that like i can send my kids to college he's he's past that like at this point (laughs) everything he does is for his own like because because he has something to say yeah yeah i totally agree so my number my number eight is uh badlands Right, of course. Excellent. And, obligatory uh, Badlands ranking. It, it does kind of feel obligatory. And the, I just, I, I love what I think everybody loves, but the the defiance and hope, the tension between defiance and hope. Um, and the, the other thing, it's a, it's kind of a, a reset. The Badlands to me is a reset uh, post the romantic, uh, the, the kind of uh, romanticism of Born to Run. I mean, so Born to Run is this, I, uh, let's get out of here, and, and it paints this, this giant, um, bigger than life, and more romantic than is real kind of view of let's go get them, kind of uh, let, let's get out of here and build a life. And then a few years later, it's, no, we've come back down to the ground, and here we are, and, um, and, let's, and we got to get through this life, and here's what this life is about. And, the, um, and so it's, it has more feet on the ground but yet it still is uh this the defiance and hope that we heard before but just with a little more grit um and um and so that and that's hard i it seems like that would be really hard to do to Mm. to um be defiant hopeful and gritty and real um and but badlands does it's hard to listen to it even when i'm by myself without shaking my fist in the air well yeah Uh, you kind of have to it's it's so anthemic and powerful yeah uh, so, so that's that's my number eight. 
Um, and if if I could say, like so far, the the tension between defiance and hope seems to be a running theme in this list. Like you start with my city of ruin, which I mean, is there? I mean, like, like you said, it's about resurrection, but you can't have resurrection without a death. And so, like, yep. you, you hear about like the blood red circle and the the cold dark ground, and and but the the resounding choruses rise up, and then you get, go to Western stars, and it's this this person sort of trying to find his place, you know, in in a, in a world like post his own relevance. But he, he, he doesn't seem to have get fully given up, and now you're here with Badlands. And like it seems like, and I realize like it's not hard to find that that theme in most good Springsteen songs. But your your list seems to really, so far at least, the first three songs we've talked about seem to seems to really sort of veer in the direction of like hope after the pain, you know. Well, that that that's totally true. That would be totally true of me. In addition to that, I am um, I I. My job is I, I I work with leadership and and teams. I'm a I'm a consultant and trainer for team building and leadership development. And most of the things I teach are about trying to hold the tension be, between two poles uh, to to kind of balance the polarity. And effectiveness really usually comes in your managing these polarities with within you about tending to yourself and tending to other people about about. Uh, tending to the task and and tending to the relationship or whatever they are i mean and so the uh, so the fact that 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 i would be drawn to songs that have this well laid out tension between x and y mm-hmm. um is uh is not surprising i'd not thought of it but that that is totally true so that's that, that seems to be a thing that like that's it like, like you said it sort of it seems to be something that speaks to you um out of like the entire body of work so far. I mean, I mean, we haven't gotten to your, to your top seven yet, so we'll, we'll see if the theme holds still. Yeah, that's an, that's an intriguing thought. So number seven is if I should fall behind. Um, and, um, and so I, like I said earlier that the tunnel of love, I think is marriage one oh one album. So it it should be required listening before anybody takes the plunge. Mm. Uh, but, but the ultimate partner song, um, to me, it's it's mature, it's real. Is is this one? He could not have written this song, and folks cannot get this song. I think unless you've been through a a, a serious adult relationship, um, and so we, we've long passed the. Um, uh, I, I'll love you with all the madness in my soul. Oh, Sandy, I swear I'll, I'll love you forever. I, I, it's so we've, we've left all of that. Mm-hmm. And, and instead what I'm saying is I will fail and I will fall and you will too. Let's not promise not to do those things. Let's promise to have some uh, grace and patience with each other. Um, and the, um, and that is, that is so real and that is so loving and that, the grace in this song is is beautiful. It's I'm I I, I mean I've I've heard it a thousand times and it's hard for me uh, not to cry. This was not when I when I read it uh, I mean, when I listen to it. This was not a song. I mean I got married before this song came out, but this easily would have been our first dance. Yeah. If uh, yeah, I love it. It kind well, of seems like a big first dance song. I, I really love this song. Well, and it's it's similar to tougher than the rest in that way, right? Like it, it's it, it's a very mature, very self aware love song. This is not, and I realize I make this comparison a lot. This is this is very different than the Paul McCartney, 
like she loves you, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like this is no, yeah. this this is somebody who's like been through some stuff. They've they've seen things and and they understand that there is such a thing as love in a post idealized world like in a world where you no longer idealize the person that you're with and they no longer idealize you but you still like the the depth of that love is so much richer and so much more rewarding like after you've already seen all the 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 wrinkles and the um the dents in the car you know what i mean yeah well actually that's interesting because tougher than the rest is um is like connected in theme to that line in Thunder Road. All the redemption I can offer is beneath this dirty hood. It's it's an mm. acceptance of of I'm I, I'm I'm not perfect. I know I'm not perfect. It's gonna but and but I can I've got these scars and 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 I'll I'll tough it out with you, which is great. And I actually like that song a lot. Yeah. Fall behind to me seems so much more tender in terms of I'm gonna make mistakes and I will. And I need you to wait for me, and and um, and uh, and and I'll wait for you because you're going to also. Uh, that tougher than the rest is a statement of, of of toughness and endurance, resilience. This is a call to grace. Uh, yeah. And the um, and it uh, and and uh, there are not many. At least my ear doesn't hear very many. And um, and I I really cherish it for that reason. That is very well said. So, darkness on the edge of town um, is uh, is number six. Excellent. And the um, I like the song in general. I've never heard it when I don't like it. But but the live version from the live uh, seventy five eighty five that uh, version is is so much better than the darkness on the edge of town album version to to me. I I love darkness as an album. But it, um, I don't think he'd found his his sound yet. Is I don't think he'd found his way around the studio quite yet. It's uh, it, it's it seems a little heavy and stilted at times. Um, it's not until the river does the sound really fill out, at least to my ears, to be he finally got it right, um, and the or, or at least found the sound that he would you know be able to master the studio with for a while. Mm. The um, and, uh, but but I uh, but I love that live version and this that song "Darkness on the Edge of Town," the the inner self destruction and the inner loathing, uh, self loathing he has um, is um, is just so palpable and painful. Um, just the 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 rage, the despair, the self loathing, and it's um, it's so desperate. And I've I've not heard many songs that are so contained because it's not. Not like he's. It's not like a punk song where there's a lot of kind of screaming and thrashing and, and uh, that kind of despair. It's all contained in this volcano that feels like it's uh, uh, about to erupt. Um, it's a powder keg. It really does feel like a powder oh, keg. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and the um, and so the uh, and, and and halfway through the songs he talks about till someday they just cut it loose they cut it loose or let it drag them down where no one asks any questions or looks along at your face and so it's it's such an admission that it cut it loose or let it drag them down it's so clearly he's let it drag him down whereas the person he's singing to or singing about this this woman assuming that it, it is uh cut it loose and went off and by and actually cut him loose and and uh, and the um and so he's just singing sinking down and down and keeps going to this dark side that is just there's nothing but destruction for him there but yet there he goes again tonight it's just beautifully written and uh 
hard to listen to, but it's so juicy. It really is. Yeah. Well, and, and it, it like you said, it's one of those that it, it's almost like he rediscovers the song. Like if you go, if you listen to the live eighty five or seventy five to eighty five, and you listen to the MTV plugged version, then if you listen to like when he does it on the acoustic tours, like it's like he continues to rediscover this song, and it's interesting to sort of, sort of like listen to just different versions of this song through the years. Yeah, I, I I love that there's so, and, and Darkness has a lot of those songs that um, uh, Badlands, of course, Promised Land. There are a whole bunch that um, that he he continues to have around. Clearly, he um, holds those songs close to his heart. Yeah. I, I, and I'm glad because that he he really had found his voice. I think fully by then. Totally um, right. Well, I mean, it's a the, yeah. the perfect record. You gotta you gotta really admire yeah. the songs. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, that's that's like I mean I don't think he's ever done one better. I mean he's done a few that I think are as good in different ways, but he, I I don't think that's surpassable. Well, it, um, yeah. No, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say um that like more than any other album he ever made, th- that album was born out of like pure pain. You know, like it was after like the split with Mike Appel, and he he'd been barred from performing his own music. You know, for or from recording new songs and. And so, like, this three-year lawsuit, and, and we've talked a lot on this podcast but about how, like, if you listen to The Promise, like, you hear, like, the thing in his head that he was going to do after Born to Run was clearly, like, a throwback doo-wop album. And the darker and further into, like, the lawsuit and the despair and the financial ruin that he was facing, like, he really, like, channeled some amount of rage and frustration and just... I mean, like, really, I mean, talk about the, the tension between defiance and hope and despair and resilience. Like, he really was living in that place for three straight years. And, like, this album was born out of all that pain. And I think that's that's one of the reasons why it continues to to resonate the way it does. Is the, and, and probably why he continues to return to it as much as he does. Because, like, if you look back at your, your hardest struggles and you sort of see, like, that you were able to survive that, there's something powerful in that. And I think... To in 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 the biography of Bruce Springsteen, I think that that is probably the darkest chapter, but also um, the most artful, like um, artistically fruitful chapter. You know, because like you said, it's a perfect record, and it was all born out of like a very very hard like season he was in. Well, so well, you know, and and I think that's totally totally right. I mean, I I totally agree with you. I think that's really insightful. But that, to me, underscores again his artistic uh, uh, courage, Rob, because the because yeah. um, while he did those ten songs that p- put together all are of a certain theme and that are that underscore that that pain and that desperation, he also did at the same time seventy other songs. You know, gotta get the feeling and all those doo-wop things and and um, wrong side of the street and uh, save my love and fire and I don't I don't know them all. And but good yeah, enough for a whole you. Bunch of, yeah, yeah, and, and that are that are beautiful and great that could have easily got gotten a platinum album out of there. And he was just shaking them off to other people, uh, some of them, uh, because no, I I want to put this album out. That's a total fucking downer, by the way. Yes. Uh, and so it's so it's not. And actually, I'm, yeah, sorry that I should I should. Uh, bleep myself there but yeah don't worry about it man we're 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 putting it all in everything stays Uh, (laughs) but but the the idea of 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 i'm gonna put this out because this is what this is what i want my next public statement to be i'm feeling a wide array of feelings right now but the one i want to express artistically is this and that is that took a lot of courage um and uh i think and the um it, it it 
another thing, another tax certainly would have been more commercial. And the um, anyway, so I I that also is more uh, uh, energy to the artistic uh, courage idea. But yeah, I mean, uh, I, I'm sure there were lots of people the minute he gave because of the night away to Patty Smith. I'm sure there were lots of people in his inner circle were like, Bruce has lost his mind. We need an intervention now. Yeah. You know, but you're right. I mean, it's because of the artistic, at least because he had a thing that was the thing he wanted to say was more important than how many records he was going to sell. Yeah. And that's it. And in the end, he's wound up selling a lot more records for a lot longer because of it. But there, but that really defies, defied conventional wisdom. Absolutely. At almost every turn. I think. Um, and so number five is uh, it's, it's great and awesome, but it's, it's an obligation against so born to run uh, number five. Excellent. Um, and so, yeah, which is an incredible song. <laughs> uh, yeah, my older uh, son was born to it. That, that's not why it's great. Uh, he was born <laughs> to it because it's great. But uh, it's uh, but the hope and the youthful bombast, the defiance and, and the vulnerability. That's the, another tension. This defiance along with vulnerability. It's like I'm sticking it to the man, but at the same time, I'm showing you this soft. Uh, underbelly pleading with you to come with me and be with me on this on this journey of defiance that I'm about to take. It, um, I, I mean, it's it's a perfect song, and the um, and it uh, so it's it was a shot at the title, and it's it's wonderful. Another thing that is is really interesting in in, in my work when we talk about movement, if you're talking about development movement growth and you know getting better as a person as a team the it's important to think about is this energy toward something is it energy away from something is it energy against something and so is is your energy toward away or against and the um what's interesting about born to run to me is um is it's all of those things uh, the whole rebellious tone to it is is a a, a middle finger stuck in the air in terms of just pushing against the the system, the forces, the um, and that's going to be refined when we get to Badlands in a few years. But the uh, but some of it is running away from this um, the 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 suicide machine that rips the bones from your back and the death trap. And I mean, so we're, let's get out of this. And so it's away, but it's also toward let's it's toward this relationship and it's toward the future. And it's just such a nice mix of let's run away together toward this future. And that's a hard balance again to strike. Yeah. So born to run. Uh, I mean, the last thing he needs is somebody admitting that that's a great song. Anyway, <laughs> um, and so the, uh, so number four is a uh, land of hope and dreams. This one shows up on and, so uh, many top 10 lists and I, yes. I, I fully agree with, with its placement. That's great. But I also would have, I wouldn't have, if you'd said, uh, you know, what do you think most people's top 10s will be on here? I, you know, give me your top 20 songs for everybody's top 10s. I wouldn't have picked this as, thinking more a lot of people would put it in their top 10 well some of the things that i think are so because springsteen is such a car guy and in fact uh here i'm uh, we're i'm about to hit some songs that are going to reinforce the car thing i mean and but cars as a mode of transportation this is an important metaphor that cars as a as a mode of transportation are about independence and individualization i get in my car and go somewhere i there's a point do i go left 
do I go right? Maybe I go by myself. Maybe you come with me. But but it's totally individualistic. That's why it's such a perfect American metaphor is I drive myself where I want to go. Um, and the roads will take me there. And, um, and so that's why it's such a critical Springsteen metaphor. But a train is totally different because trains are not for individuals. Trains are for the collective. Mm. Uh, that one person doesn't ride a train. We ride the train and we ride the train to take us where the train is going. Um, and so there's no choice involved um, in terms of location. The choice is getting on board or not. And the um, and so the, the, this idea of the of of joining the collective and the the song of again a piece of of acquiescence of grace um of it's about relinquishing kind of control and all these earthly uh, uh con controlling and confining ideas and really it's it's thy will be done you know what uh, what's going on let me get on board i um have been connected uh, to the to the lutheran uh church and and the idea of uh, through the Lutheran Church is that grace is yours. You don't have to do anything for it. It's not uh, uh, grace is already yours. Just get on board. Uh, uh, climb on. God, board. that's why I love this song. You just uh, nailed it so much. Um, and and so it is. Uh, it's just it's just magical. It really yeah. is. It's very powerful. I, I love I love what you just said about how the train is about more than just the one person and driving the car like that a train is a is a communal experience and there are not a lot of a train i mean there are a lot of train songs but he he doesn't do as many train songs as um uh as as car songs and i think that that fits with the overall theme but um but that's why when he does this train song and it is the ultimate train song um they uh then it's the uh, it, it's that much more powerful to me fully agree. you know i you you so almost said this when you were talking about it. The thing about the train is like, hey, stop me if you did. <laughs> the train is, it it's it's leaving this. So you said you know you don't have to, I guess earn it or or whatever. But his you know part of what he's saying is is this train's you know the thing about a train is the train moves on time whether you're there or not. It's like this train is is going, and and we would love to have it, but then we're not stopping it. Well, yes, yeah. I mean that's that's true. Although the tone of, I mean, that's totally true with trains and that's part of the metaphor is, well, too bad, buddy, you left, you should have gotten on board when you had the chance. The nice thing about the land of hope and dreams is there's, you always have a ticket and you can always get on board. That, that Yeah. Yeah. Totally. It never can't, can't stop it, but you can, yeah. Ever leaves until you, until you get on board. And so that's the, um, and oh my gosh, what a, what a loving, supportive thought. It's yeah. a it's a fantastic song. I totally agree with you. And then we're are we to number three? Are we are we already to, the to number three? Yeah, uh, right. number three. And so number three for me is stolen car. And and one, two, and three could I, I mean so it's a toss up. But so number three will go with stolen car. And the um and the thing I love about stolen car and it um uh it, it that it is um it, it's like an updating of like what happens next chapter two after maybe born to run or the river or, or a thunder road mm. in terms of, so yeah. here are, here are some, some 
people and they get and they get married. Um, but the the first four lines of stolen car, the four lines, there's 37 words about I met a little girl and, and there's that little girl thing. But I met a little girl. And we settled down, blah, 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 blah. blah and then uh, and little by little, we drifted from each other's hearts in four lines, 37 words we have the arc and death of a relationship it's amazing yeah um, and the the whole um the, the whole song the the mix is perfect it's uh there's this ghost of a piano a roy Benton's piano playing in the background and kind of drifting in like it's playing in another in another room and we hear it um it's painfully quiet and fragile if i turn it all the way up it still is hard to hear it like the voice is trying to find its way out of the mix um and the um and the uh the, everything that he's talking about is about drift and disconnect um uh i thought i thirst i thought it was just restlessness that um that would fade away in the end it was something more that that uh, tore us apart and we just drifted from each other's hearts and the um um the uh, there's such distance and disconnect when when you wrote, read the letters I wrote and you said it it made you feel a hundred years old just so much distance and decrepitude in our in our bond and the um, and so the I'm riding this stolen car so it's this car that's always given me power and that's always given me agency and and choices but now I'm riding it trying to find just existence and nobody knows I'm here. I'm totally, uh, I'm a, a, a seed blowing in the wind, disconnected. Um, and I want so badly to get caught. I want so badly to be connected to something of value in my life. And there is nothing. Um, and so my hope is to get caught. And I never do. Uh, and, the, um, and so the loneliness and isolation as this ghost just drifts off into the past at um not only is it I want the I think he's never written anything better than this. He's never recorded the the production has never been better. It so fits what he's trying to say, at least to my ears. Yeah, it's great production. Yeah, for sure. Just that haunting, echoey piano, man. Yeah. So with the timp like the timpani, they're not timpani, but whatever orchestral bass drum. Yeah, so so silent and and sparse. Yeah, so so just wonderful. And so uh, so number two for me is um, uh, uh, Thunder Road. Perfect. And, uh, it's a perfect song. And uh, and so yep. Uh, so, so we uh, and the the thing about this that I like just to, not to uh, again the last thing he needs is somebody going hey you know what I think Thunder Road's a pretty good song. I think that one's going to catch on. Yeah, but um. It's crazy, kid. Somebody should pay attention to him. I think he has promise. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but it's a step away from Born to Run. Uh, it's romantic and hopeful, but it's a bit more clear-eyed uh, than... I mean, the Born to Run has so much kind of bombast and romanticism to it. That's actually what I don't care for. I mean, I like it. I love John Golan. How can you not? But it's so over-the-top. Uh, unrealistic. It's it's hard to take seriously. Uh, just compared to all the other things he sings about real life so well. Uh, why read this crazy comic book? Uh, uh, the um and the um and so this this the it feels a little more practical with uh when you're you're talking about um I I, I know you're not all that much, but you're all right with me. I've got all these dents and and uh, and problems myself. Well, let's let's. Try 
trade in these wings on some wheels. Let's get, uh, yeah. let's get practical. And let's go case the promised land. Casing the promised land, we're not going to get there. Let's go check it out at least. Uh, and the, um, and it, but it's not going to be free. Take that long walk. It's not going to be free. Come on. The time is now. Take this chance on this very real journey with me. Um, and it, uh, so it's, it's where we start to see him stepping into reality. I can be big, I can be romantic, but it, we're about to take a turn for the real and uh, thunder road is the hint of what's to come for me. So I, I love that song. You know, I've kind of clicked on the first little bit of each song we've listened to and, you know, you see thunder road number two, you're like, all right, cool. Yeah. All right. Whatever. We'll talk about thunder road again. Like pff, talking about thunder road every day. It'll be fine. We'll talk about it again. And then I, you have it playing in the background a little bit and I'm just like, this is one of the best songs I've ever heard. <laughs> and I've heard it hundreds of times, you know, yeah. like thousands of times. I've, I've never, I've like, never not uh, been in the mood to hear this song. I know it's so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it really does. That that all of these uh, songs, uh, but but especially these top few, anytime, any place, I could, I'm I'm ready. Uh, yeah. And so and so my my number one song is the river, and um and it's uh, and that's my favorite album. Uh, but um this is uh the the sense of place. Springsteen writes like very few others with this unbelievable sense of place where the the place itself is a, a character and and not i mean it, with no less skill than like william faulkner uh, uh, imbues his uh his his places his settings with uh with a, a sense of character all their own and so this this river is a place that of course becomes the symbol of our our love and 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 vibrancy of life and um and but as this guy on Unfolds, the river becomes now the symbol of of its of his banishment and uh, and of its uh, of his kind of decay. Still, as such a young man, mm. and and the um, and so th that his life is unfolded in such a way that he's left dry and abandoned, um, and, and it is uh, there's such despair um, in it. And uh, again, the instrumentation is perfect. That that. Uh, um, harmonica comes in and cuts you like a scalpel and yeah. uh and it's um and it's just really um uh, really powerful and complete and that he can tell this this horrible tragic but but so sonically pleasing and emotionally satisfying um life story in three and a half minutes uh is um is uh is amazing um and the um and so that's uh it's, um, um, like I said, he's um, he's written a lot of songs that are as good. He's never written one any better, to me. Yeah, that that is a hard. It's it's hard to disagree with that. And, and I mean, I I've I've said before, like Thunder Road is my number one. Um, but man, the river is it, it is an undeniably great song, and it's it's so it's just so personal and so true and so um, empathic to to people who have had that journey partially probably because like it's about his sister and so like bruce has a real sense of tenderness and love towards these characters even as he's sort of like <laughs> tell, telling a story that he clearly does not wish was his you know like he's he's not telling the story like man i would i wish i'd like lived the life that my sister had in fact i i i wonder when they first heard it if there was a sense of judgment that they felt maybe but at the same time it, it like you said it's so it's so good and it's so empathic and it's so like drips with, I don't even know the word I'm looking for, but it, it, it is, it, it is such a powerful and beautiful and heartfelt song. It's hard to not just like fall in love with it. 
it is. I mean, it's so full of, of empathy, of pathos. That, uh, but it's um, but I can't. Um, but it is talk about fucking downers. I mean, yeah. if, if how about <laughs> as a as a wedding present, I yeah, that's that's a little harsh. But the um, uh, but but actually, they're they're still married to this day. So that uh, so uh, clearly, it was not uh, he was not trying to be a fortune teller. But it um, uh, but anyway, that's uh, well. And the that kid number number one, but the, any, yeah. the kid that Mary gets oh, pregnant ahead. with would be forty something years old today. And so my question is, like, how? <laughs> you know what I mean? Is that their favorite song? Is, does Bruce has have a niece or nephew <laughs> that they're like, huh? So like, I ruined their life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> well, and so one of the things that I so if if I were the kid of one of these songs, I would want to be the kid in um um. My number thirteen song, which is "Spare Parts," um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that one of the things that uh, that the the power of that as um as a a song that where somebody moves into agency here, I, I I'm about to make this awful mistake, and and I, I I'm suddenly connected to this kid, and and then that's when it happens. My my life is now going to become about stepping up and stepping in and making something of my life and, and living for this kid. And that is, um, so if I had to be the kid of a Springsteen song, it would probably be, be that one. Cause that's a, that's a powerful kid right there. It wouldn't be living proof. Yeah. Living, and actually, and living proof is, is all right. The, uh, I, I mean, so I like living, I, I like living proof. Uh, fine. And living proof might actually be as much as I was overcome with fatherhood. Um, uh, living proof just is not that interesting to me to listen to. I, it's a it's a nice idea, but the the song itself is not anything that I I, I care all all that much about. So the uh, the uh, uh, spare parts is such an empowerment song yeah. that the thought that I I could be uh, that I as a kid was part of of kicking in the empowerment of my of my mom of helping her turn the corner. Uh, what a what a great idea that would be yeah totally well and the kid in living proof is is a little bit idealized whereas in spare parts it, it does seem a little bit more grounded yeah yeah yes i agree yeah that's that's uh that's a good detail yeah wow well that's a great list Kyle, and and to and pretty different from Incredible the ones list. we've seen so far and i mean obviously yeah. no you're, you're you are the first person to bring a western stars song into the into the mix and i i think it, it made the conversation richer for it. So I'm glad you did that. Well, I'm, I'm, um, I said, I, I so much appreciate the inclusion and I, um, I look forward to whenever Western stars gets around. I looking, I look uh, forward to, uh, being a, a part of that as, as a listener. And so I, um, I, I, I love the fact that he's still putting out music as vital as he has anytime in his absolutely career. totally agree i, I can't wait yeah. to talk about it especially now because like when it first came out in may like like i said i enjoyed it when i listened to it but i i was in no way ready to just like sit down in front of a microphone and have like have opinions about it and so like now that it, it, there's been some time and yeah you know like I'm, I'm really ready to spend the amount of time i have to spend with it to do some episodes yeah it's i'm, I'm excited to get to it and um the, the question that in my own mind i'm not totally sure how like jb and i i don't think we've even talked about it yet like when we do the full album by album you know do we stop at the ties of the bind or do we do we go into it do do we allow western stars to be the first album that we talk about without having already talked about all the songs first so 
Um, we've got we got a little oh. time, but I, I I I don't know, JB. We've not talked about this off off air, but I I. I didn't think about that. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know either. I don't have like, a good I'm, answer. I'm, I'm a little bit ambivalent about that. Like, I'm not totally sure what what I think is the right call on that yet. So, Hyle, what do you? I think? have strong opinions both ways. <laughs> yeah. What, what What would you suggest, Hyle? Like, just ha- having that. I, so, I would. I would. Uh, if you're going to compare, kind of equally, then um, I'd go through into the individual songs before you do, j- just so that it's treated like all the rest, even though it's really recent. Um, yeah at least everyone's been broken down first. Uh, the, um, I, I really do think it's interesting to look at each one without, uh, out of context to see, does it stand on its own? And so if, if that's reasonable time-wise, I mean, I know that, that is, is, plays all kinds of hell with y'all's schedule and lives, but, um, but that's what, as a listener, that was, is what my vote would be. I, I, I think I, I tend to be in agreement with you. I, I, my, my only fear was the people who were listening would be like, what gives? You like you stopped it. The ties the bond. Like you didn't. You're not even going to acknowledge Western stars. But I totally agree with you. I, I think it's more fun to pull the album apart and then reassemble it and see how if it looks different upon that uh, that that level of examination. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought that before I listened to your show. Actually, oh wow, <laughs> uh, because I thought these because I thought of these as such unified holes um, that uh, that I, I love the individual songs on the river, but listening to those twenty songs uh, is is really what uh, uh, what creates the whole uh, album. I don't think people listen that way anymore. I think that's how Springsteen puts these things together, but I don't think that's how ninety five plus percent of the world listens to it. And so I think let's let's let the songs stand on their own or not, as the yeah. case may be, and then go back and look at the albums uh, later. Is uh, I I and so that that's really um, changed the way I've, I've listened to a lot of music. Actually. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah. Cool. yeah I think yeah. the eternal question here is like, do it, are, are these albums greater than the sum of their parts or like do, or, or do each, does each part like, can't, can it exist in a space all by itself without, you know, and, and especially in regards to Bruce Springsteen, because like most, most artists like are, are trying to write singles while Bruce is trying to create like a larger narrative. You know, without without just being like the Who or Pink Floyd, while like doing full on like full blown concept albums, you know. Right. Thank you for that um, uh, that that feedback. That that that's actually super helpful in terms of like what what do yeah. we do about Western stars, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, and so I know that when the time comes, if you uh, uh, kind of need any backup, I'm I'm happy to. But I uh, but just know that I'm gonna be out there in the world listening with enthusiasm. Well, well, thanks. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, um, I think we, we are to the end of our time, and we've gotten a really, really interesting top ten list. That was that was very good. It's just I'm pumped about this list. I am too. Uh, I, I enjoy it. Yeah, I'm enjoying reading through the whole thing. Well, cool. Well, I only put it together as a result of this, thinking that uh, well, so what would my top ten be? And started, and it was really a a fun thing to give. <laughs> 10 minutes, 15 minutes here and there to over the course of six months. And, and, um, and it's pretty much intact, although at any given day, uh, one could move up or down, but it's a fun, uh, um, exercise. Uh, it's, it, um, it's somewhat masturbatory, I, I suppose, but the, uh, <laughs> uh, but I, 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 I do enjoy the, uh, the thinking about it, but yeah, uh, sure. So thank you for the time fellas. And thank you for all the work you've put in. I'm, I'm happy to be a patron. It's money well, well spent. And I, um, uh, look forward to not only hearing this one, but hearing how it unfolds. 
Well, Hyle, it's been such a pleasure right, well, to hang out. And, this has been great. Yeah, and to, to chat and, and to listen to your uh, your list and to, to have real, I mean, a very engaging conversation about 57 channels and nothing on, by the way. Uh, so thank you <laughs> yeah. for that as well. You bet. I knew that this would be an interesting episode, and I, I've been excited for a while. That's why I kind of kept saying, look, I, I think you should do the interview because I Google everybody always. <laughs> and so I did a quick Google search whenever you first, you know, signed up and I was like, oh, this guy seems super interesting. And so I've been looking forward to this for a while. So oh, good. Absolutely. Thank you. Well, it's an easy name to Google. There, there don't seem to be a lot of Hiles. So that's so, so far that's uh, right. And yeah, no. it's, yeah, how is I think you're it. So yeah. it was easy. It was easy to find. <laughs> well, congratulations but, um, on being easy, easy to find on the internet. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's that's not easy to do. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, thank you very much. Well, thanks again, Hyle. And, All right. Um, and, and thanks to everybody for listening and uh, to uh, everyone who has continued to stick with us through the, the bonus episodes. And we'll be back. In, I, I think we're gonna we're gonna have a series of these. Uh, show up in your feed in the next few weeks so uh hang in there and, and a couple th- more and and of course as always uh thanks to everybody for listening and mo- mostly Kyle, thank you for for being here and for thank continuing you. to support the show thank you rob thanks jb appreciate it all right and everybody we will uh see y'all soon have a great how what have a great unit of time that i have no idea the great week day whatever whatever it is so thanks everybody <laughs> however long it is however long it is between speak. now and the next time bye